Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode number 11 starts right now. Welcome to the program. This is the Thor Love and Thunder spoiler cast. That means we're talking all spoilers for Thor 4. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jamie Jurak. Good morning. Good morning. We got Aaron Perrine. What's going on, guys? We got Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. I want to compliment Jamie's morning eyes over there. That is, that is I woke up early after watching Thor <laughs> talk about Thorface, and I respect it. We appreciate our West Coasters for joining us. Yes, I will only get up at 7.30 a.m. for you guys. Oh, we love you for it. All right, everybody, uh, Phase Zero community, go ahead, start dropping comments. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Let us know what you thought of Thor Love and Thunder. Thank you to everybody in the community on Twitter for not dropping spoilers and respecting that everybody's going to see it on Friday. I know the rules are like, ah, talk about it when it's in theaters, but like, we're, we're trying to be nice. We're trying not to ruin it for people. But now we're about to ruin it for people. So if you haven't watched Thor Love and Thunder, you have been warned. First of all, we got to start with reactions. Everybody knows what I thought. I've talked about it too much on the podcast so far. Jamie hasn't talked about it at all. So we're going to start there. Jamie Jurak, what did you think of Thor 4? Oh my gosh. Well, it's no Ragnarok. I'll definitely say that. But I enjoyed it very much. Uh, for me, Ragnarok's a full five. I gave this one a four. Uh, it definitely has some issues, but I had a fun time. And let me tell you, that first post credit scene was the best reveal that I've ever had in my life. Mm. I literally screamed uh, because I love that man. Uh, yeah, the, there's. I have a lot of criticisms I'm going to share, but I have a lot of joy I'm going to share with you all today. Uh, but ultimately, I came out really enjoying it, and I will definitely be seeing it again at least one more time in theaters. Hey, okay, so Jamie hated it. Uh, <laughs> Jenna, Jenna, you wrote your review uh, yes. on the site, but I want to give you a chance if you want to talk anything about spoilers in your reaction to go ahead and, and get those out there, whatever you want to say. You, your thoughts on Thor 4. <laughs> I will say I am vindicated in the fact that Jamie also supposedly hated it, that I'm not the only one. Because on Wednesday, I was like, oh, no, I'm the only hater. I'm, all of you are going to give it like a, a 11 out of 10, a more billion out of 10. And I'm going to be the one over here with like a 3.5. Um, I still, having seen this a second time, the parts that I love about it, I love so much. There is so much of this movie that is some of my favorite stuff in the entire MCU. The entire fight in the Shadow Realm is one of the coolest things I have ever seen. The character design for Eternity... I, my jaw dropped when I first saw oh. that. That is one of the coolest things ever. And it is like, there is so much good in this movie, but then the 
problems are still so much more obvious. I feel like this movie needed to be at least another half an hour long. Almost every single subplot I feel like could have been been improved by at least one more scene. And it would have made the moments like the screaming goats and all of the core jokes land a little bit better and balance a little bit better. But I still enjoyed so much of it. It's just, I can't ignore that it has problems. I'm very, I'm in a very similar boat uh, as you, uh, except I liked it more. I love this movie so much, but but I, I I do share your criticisms, and I'll get to those after Aaron Perrine speaks. The wisest of us all, gather in, folks. Uh, we got ourselves a popcorn movie here. Uh, that's what I kind of feel like. Um, it is a very very July blockbuster movie. I think that in some ways that works to both its like benefit and its detriment because in the screening I was in, people were very, very, well, they were having a great time, but I could see like about midway through three fourths of the way through. I'm like, Ooh, man, this is going to actually really be divisive. And I could never have dreamed our own Jenna Anderson out there in the Rotten Tomatoes, like, boo, boo. <laughs> three and a half is not that bad. Get out better. What's up? So I I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I, I really think that my experience was like enhanced because we didn't know as much about this one going into it as we did about Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, which I feel like I would like that to be my default experience going into these things from now on. If I could, that'd be great. Thank you, Kevin Feige, for doing whatever you did to the trailers so that they wouldn't tell us stuff beforehand. Um, I found it really emotional. I liked that we every single one of the Phase 4 films is a different genre, but still like an action movie. It's an action movie mixed with something else. And I never thought I'd see like an MCU rom-com action movie like in this this blatantly at all so i'm happy it's there you're right it's a little uneven in spots it's a little shaggy i could have dealt with more of a uh, weirdo christian bale that i i could deal with a lot more weirdo christian bale got an audible audible gasp when that lizard thing that part with the lizard thing out of oh, ariel sitting two feet next to me she was like oh my god like oh this was poor kids <laughs> Um, and the kids are a highlight too. Like I, I'm so happy. Now we all have a different, like Miles Morales fan cast with the young man who plays <laughs> I'm Doll's son, Axel. Thank God, finally. I don't have to hear Caleb McLaughlin's name. I love you, Caleb McLaughlin, but I get tired of hearing it over and over and over again. So I'm happy to sit here and talk to you guys about it. It's gonna be fun. And that's exactly what we're going to do. I feel like we're, we're so, with varying levels of how much we liked it or loved it. We all kind of share similar criticism. I love the movie. Like, and this is actually my favorite Thor movie. I really, really, really like Ragnarok. And I really, really like the first Thor movie. I'm one of those people who loves Shakespearean Thor. Like I'm all for it. I think like King of Asgard kind of like figuring out his place in the Royal family. Thor was a lot of fun. And I missed that Thor. But I also, it doesn't mean I don't like the current Thor. Like, I know, like, I kind of wish there could, we could get both or maybe like joke Thor became like a different character, like a different character played that role in the MCU because I still want Shakespearean tough, like wants to be King Thor. And those two definitely don't coexist. And there's like traits that they share and desires that they share. But overall, they're two very different characters. So that kind of feels like a mourning Shakespearean Thor. And I felt like I mourned that with Ragnarok, which is why, I'm not as high on Ragnarok as some other people are. Maybe I just accepted that this Thor is hilarious and I'm really entertained watching him. So that's why I love Love and Thunder so much. 
That said, uh, I mean, actually, I love Jane Foster Thor a lot. She was so cheesy and corny, but also like, but intentionally. And so like the action sequences with Jane, I thought were great. And also Natalie Portman got absolutely jacked, which I have so much respect for. I wish I could go back to the junk and be like, which was your favorite muscle? Because like <laughs> I, I, I go to the gym all the time and I have a favorite day and I like to look at myself in the mirror and there's specific muscles I like to look at. So I know everybody has that. And I love to hear like, was it the shoulders? Cause they were popping. Was it the bicep? Was it the tricep? Like what's going on Natalie? Cause you killed it in every way. Um, I do wish Valkyrie had an arc and wasn't just kind of a supporting warrior. Like King Valkyrie was very cool and tough. And also we got to explore her trauma a bit, but like she just felt like she was there but didn't actually get to like have a meaningful role. And I would like to have seen more from that. Um, and the fake out deaths kind of pissed me off. That pisses me off in every movie. Like it almost got to episode nine level of fake out deaths. So like, what are we doing? But, and like, it's, it's weird because I have these criticisms, which are so easy to spout out, but I just had so much fun watching the movie and the emotional payoff of sequences. Like when Thor, Thor and Jane had their conversation on the, on the boat, looking at the dolphins that mate in groups of six, respect to those dolphins. Uh, they, <laughs> when she says I have cancer, like the, the emotional punch that lands there, it just takes the air out of you. At least it does for me. And I mean, I know that my life has been affected by cancer. Like I've watched my mom go through cancer and I'm sure many people have. And like, when, I don't know if that's something you have to be able to relate to, to have that land for you. But that's that moment alone, like solidified for me. Like, I love this relationship between them. The emotion of this is real. The stakes are real. It doesn't have to be world ending, which it was. But I didn't care about the world ending stakes. I cared about Jane and Thor. And I'm a character first person. That's why Lost is my favorite show ever. And I, I think that the emotion of this one landed really well. Uh, and that's I just had a blast watching it. But it is weirdly obvious to me that a few more scenes would have made this movie really just a 10 out of 10 for me, at least. Um, and instead it's like maybe a nine. I know I've ranked other movies pretty high and I get excited. Now I'm glad I've seen this three times. Maybe a nine's even a little high, but I just really loved it. I had a great time watching it. Um, so we're going to talk about all the Easter eggs that we found in Thor love and thunder towards the end. I want to talk about some story points first. Um, first of all, the goats, the biggest story point of all. Uh, we got to just no, we don't have to discuss the goats. Does anybody want to make a goat sound? Is it because I know I will, but is anybody else? That's all you. Oh, yeah, it's going to come when you don't expect it. All right, <laughs> <laughs> that feels on brand because every time they screeched in the movie, it was like I cannot hear any other dialogue that is happening. That scene with the guardians was just like audio chaos in like the best possible way. It was like, choices being made here. <laughs> Actually, let's start right there. Let's start with the Guardians because I was going to go to the Necro Sword, but I want to start with the Guardians. For me, I'm not going to lie. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. It felt like the Guardians kind of missed a beat without James Gunn or maybe the... Like, I don't know if Taika doesn't handle the Guardians well or if this was just so Thor-focused that it overshadowed the Guardians. I fully understand Dave Bautista's frustration about <laughs> Drax just kind of being a pushover because the, what the only thing he said in this movie was, we are all going to die. And it's like, let Drax actually destroy something for once in the MCU. Don't make him weak and getting his ass kicked. Uh, what do you think of the Guardians? Yeah, I, I was disappointed in the use of the Guardians. Like they, they had some like fun little moments, but they weren't in the movie at all. I mean, they really just served as like a background painting. Uh, even in like the one real dialogue scene was in the trailer. Uh, you know, it was fun to see them, but it just it didn't feel it really felt like they were just thrown in there. And I was like, well, whatever. But honestly, 
I was less disappointed in the lack of Guardians and more disappointed in the lack of Lady Sif. I was promised mm. some Jamie Alexander and I got diddly on that front. And I was pretty bummed about that. Uh, but, you know, uh, still nice to see them. It's like, hey, guys, I like all of you and you're in my face. It could be worse. <laughs> uh, the only part that felt like on brand was the speech that Star-Lord gave to Thor. Yeah. That felt like good writing for Star-Lord. But Jenna, sorry, go ahead. No, because I, I think it's also that like when, when Thor went off with the Guardians at the end of Endgame, I think we expected like, oh, cool, by the time we see them next, they're going to have this like fond and they're going to be this fond family. And then it's like the entire crux of their involvement in the movie is showing that Thor is like emotionally closed off and doesn't really want to hang out with them and is misunderstanding their social cues. And so it's like that also added to the fact that they're only in the movie that little amount because it felt like even then I wanted to see them all hang out and be more chummy than they actually were. Mm hmm. Um, I think it's important that we got that out of the way because mm -hmm. I feel like there is an expectation on the audience that all of those threads that spun out of Endgame and the end of it will be absolutely taken up by the directors and helmers and producers of these projects. And it's pretty clear they were like, oh, that would be fun. And Taika was like, eh, I, I want to do my space pirate thing. I, I don't want to do that. Um, so... Uh, I, I feel for my Guardians fans. Although, Jamie, you did get one weird cameo that we didn't know about that. I was like, oh, Jamie's happy. Oh, With my Kat God. Denning the, shots okay. out there. Like, oh, oh, my God. Cat Denning said she was not in this movie. And when she <laughs> showed up, I like smacked Tony. I was like, ah, she's here. I can't believe she's here. And it was like a sad scene and it was short, but I didn't care. It was Darcy. I was so happy. That's the thing. Like, like you were saying about like things we didn't know. Little things like that. Like not knowing she was in this movie was just a really fun little surprise. I got a smidge of Stellan. My boy Stellan Skarsgård was only in it for 10 seconds, but I was excited about it. And like, just let us have those surprises because they're really fun. I was so mad that we knew a year ago Melissa McCarthy was going to show up as Hella in the play because I, my, my friend Annie was in next to me and I watched her because I knew I'm like, Melissa McCarthy's about to pop up. I'm not going to get to enjoy the surprise. So I got to watch my friend enjoy the surprise. And it's like little things like that. Like I loved the play but it would have been so much better if I didn't know who was in it. I'm not going to lie. I heard that and I completely forgot about Melissa McCarthy's cameo. So when she popped out, <laughs> I had that surprise again. Uh, I <laughs> wish. Yeah. Uh, uh, one last thing about the Guardians. I want to just note, I think uh, maybe Craglin is out marrying people on every planet because he's emulating his, his best friend, his late best friend, Yondu. Because Yondu, we saw, goes straight to women when he's on other planets, we saw him in a brothel in Guardians Volume Two. So maybe I don't know. I just I just wanted to. I felt like I caught an Easter egg, so I wanted to share it. <laughs> I agree with Jamie about Sif. Why was she even in the movie? Like, either give us more Sif or don't at all. I kind of feel. But we but we finally got her comic accurate costume. Like yeah. after like a decade of her being in these movies, we finally get the most comic accurate <laughs> version of her costume. I have had complicated feelings about Sif over the years, but like this kind of crystallized. I'm like if I can get see more of her in that costume just being cool now with her one arm, I'm happy cuz I it was a little bit but it still was really good what we did get. Did she lose an arm in the comics? No, right? I don't remember, but I don't think so. Not that I ever, I, I, I've never read a comic where she did, and I even Googled it, and I couldn't find anything. But I don't know, whatever. Well, I don't know why she lost that. And that's actually, that's going to, the next thing I want to talk about is gore. And that leads me, for, like, that. this leads into that conversation perfectly. Like, I can't imagine there wasn't a scene where Gore killed Falagar and took Sif's arm, right? Like, to show us just how menacing he can be, which 
just feels like one of the biggest things missing from this movie was Gore's threat level. He killed a god in the first scene of the movie, a god I didn't know about, a god who was defenseless and just got caught off guard. And he had this sword that could kill the god. I didn't know the power of that god. I didn't know what that actually meant. I just thought it saw this kind of uh, as legal as Marvel Studios can have its symbiote inhabit Gore. So I think that's the only thing that really would have made Gore better because Christian Bale's performance is Gore, flo like flo tremendous. He was he was so good. But if we saw him actually butcher somebody and not just the bodies he left behind, I think it would have made something better. And I imagine the stuff that Jeff Goldblum uh, and Peter Dinklage filmed with Christian Bale might have been the deaths of the Grandmaster and Eitri to help put that in perspective, just how powerful Gore is. And it would have made the moments where he's standing across from Thor, Mighty Thor and Valkyrie a little bit more tense than they already were because it would have been like, oh, he really will just kill people. So, I mean, right. That just seems like the most obvious criticism here. No, I completely I totally agree. agree. I like at, like myself and my boyfriend Chris have read so much of the Jason Aaron like gore era stuff and like he just reread it two weeks ago and so he was telling me all of these little things he's like I wish they could have covered this I wish they could have covered this this would have been so much cooler and then I was even thinking with like the Grandmaster and Eitri stuff I think the Eitri scene would have better explained the fact that he needed the Bifrost in order to enter eternity because otherwise that's just something that is like in that little voice over at the very beginning and then Jane finds it in the uh, shadow realm and it's like I feel like those scenes like you said could have you know upped his kill count he and thor almost have the same on-screen kill count for most of this movie when once thor kills zeus and which is kind of weird when you have a character who's the god butcher and so I, it would have been interesting to see those characters kind of killed and then still have it advance the plot at the same time that is what's kind of the bummer about it because i he was so great he chewed the scenery so well i just wanted so much more of it part of me kind of wonders if they got a little bit of pushback on how scary or violent dr strange was and they said actually Let's take a few of these big deaths of characters people know out of the movie uh, so we can stay a little bit more kid friendly. I don't know. I have no reason to like I don't have inside information. I'm not trying to start like like a uh, like a big kind of controversy here. But I do like I genuinely wonder that because Doctor Strange was scary, man. And that was what people said about Doctor Strange. The Illuminati got slaughtered and now nobody got slaughtered. So except one God who I don't even remember his name from the first scene of the movie. Yeah, and he wanted him to kind of get slaughtered. He's kind of nasty. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think that that plays into the Julyness of it, though. I totally agree, Brandon. I was like, this thing has the pacing and the tone. Like, it knows that it's sharing a, a theater with freaking Top Gun Maverick and Minions. <laughs> those are the big. Those are the big ones. And what did you say? Gentle Minions. And yeah, yes. Gentle Minions. I'm like, you can't have him going around killing Jeff Goldblum. That's that's a no no. We all love Jeff Goldblum. That's not cool. So I, I I thought about that too. I'm like, I get that he is scary. He is terrifying. If you've seen the Aphex Twin uh, video that he oh, based yeah. his betrayal on. Yeah. Good job, Christian Bale. Also, <laughs> I, I do not want your internet search history. I do not want that. He's <laughs> <laughs> the Joker vibes. Yeah. And was, like, he was menacing and he had like, we, like that kind of cadence and like terrorizing like presence, but it would have been scarier and more tense if if we saw what he's capable of. Instead, we just saw that he can hold Thor down with his Doc Ock shadow legs, and then when Thor really needs to, he can just go like that, and he's out of him. <laughs> Thor can break out of anything, even if he's- I did love when, when Gore popped into that kid cage and was like, ha, 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 right, exactly. I'm here and I'm scary. <laughs> oh, uh, that was, I was like, ooh, okay. I, I really, one thing I really loved about Bale's performance is uh, he, 
I'm going to say this and I'm going to get shit for it, but like, I've never been a big Christian Bale fan. I think he's an amazing actor, but he's like too serious for me. Like, like he just like, he's just, he's well, tightly wound. And, uh, and this was the first time he felt a little more loosey goosey to me. And I was enjoying it very much. It might be like my favorite Bale ever. So, so Jamie, we got two people who are usually pretty tightly wound, like kind of cutting loose because him and Russell Crowe, I'm like, this is the silliest the two of them Russell will ever Crow. be on film ever. The fact that he did the Greek accent and like, it, just, he was, it was so fun. I, I just like, oh man, I enjoyed him very, very much. Uh, the reveal of the skirt is just so great. And then like the him. I need the clip of him doing all of the tricks with the Thunderbolt and catching it and then just being like, no, I need that to be like the new reaction video, like once it's streaming. Because that also had big like mall ninja vibes of just like you were just showing off just for the sake of just showing off. And it is so good. He he had so much fun and it is just infectious to watch. That is not good. Go ahead and have a cake, have a wine, have a grape. <laughs> uh, I just remembered something that I'm really mad about, and we need to discuss it right now. Uh, where did when did Valkyrie lick that sword? Never. How dare! Oh wow! How wow. dare you show me that in the trailer and not put it in the movie? I was. This is, that is, this is precisely to why I wanted to talk to Jamie about this movie because I saw that and saw it was not there, and I'm like, we are going to mourn the loss of that shot because that was. A, a letdown on a larger level too. I, I kept thinking back to San Diego 2019 when they're like, Valkyrie's searching for a queen to rule alongside her in new Asgard. Nowhere in the movie. I want to I mean, know like, what happened. I, I yeah. like it's something like I enjoyed that Korg got a boyfriend, but it's like, it I was know joke than anything where it was like, I really thought we were going to get a little Valkyrie romance. Let me yeah. tell you also side note, her fighting in that Phantom of the Opera t-shirt was, yes. I was knocked out of my socks. I want that whole outfit. Oh my God. Yep. But like, yeah, I like, at least it was like Korg mentions that she had a girlfriend. I don't know, but like, yeah, I really thought we were going to get some kind of Valkyrie romance. I mean, it's all in the title. I, I you know, I lots of love and lots of thunder and, uh, but even still, she was awesome. I love that she's like doing old spice commercials. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm really mad she didn't lick that sword, and I and I need a word with Taika. Uh, I feel like there's a four hour cut of this movie somewhere. Like, if, you, if you interview Taika, that's the first question. Why didn't Valkyrie <laughs> lick the sword in the movie? I feel like Taika has just reached the point in interviews where he's just like, I don't know, man. Marvel did yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing is that like, I feel like so much of this movie was made in the edit bay. And it's like, I, I do have to wonder with like Valkyrie's arc. Like I know they're, they're from the reports of like lean 80 was supposed to be in this movie and then was cut. It's now getting sued for that, which is the weirdest thing ever. I almost wonder if she was going to be another Valkyrie. And then we would have gotten flashbacks to that. And oh. that would have like better strengthened Valkyrie's arc. And then, cause like, honestly, like the party I was with last night, we all had a conspiracy theory that she was supposed to be in the, in the like last post credit scene and then got cut. Cause she wasn't in this movie to begin with. Cause the, the cutting in that post credit scene, when Jane shows up in Valhalla is very weird if you wish it back. But I, I wanted Val to have an actual storyline and I'm mourning the fact that we didn't get that. But what we got was so good from her. But yeah, I feel like so much of this movie was made in the edit bay and might have been also made around like, what could we finish the visual effects for in time? Like that would not surprise me at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think Marvel has spread themselves a little thin, maybe with 100 episodes of Disney Plus a week yeah. uh, and 22 movies a year. But 
we're eating. Um, yeah. All right. One thing I want to talk about, about Gore real quick, and we got to keep moving quickly because we don't have too much time before we got to hand the studio over to Comic Book Nation. Um, the Necro Sword in the comics is a symbiote. It's like the first symbiote. And I do feel like maybe they played it fast and loose enough, just enough so that if they make a deal, Sony comes around, it could actually be a symbiote because the way it infected him, like he cut his hand on it, it flowed through his body. Like there could be something there where this is a symbiote. I'm just saying, we know there's a symbiote in the MCU after Spider-Man No Way Home. Maybe there's something like, maybe there's something there. Just they, they played it just loose enough and didn't define it too much so that they couldn't say that it's, they didn't say it's not a symbiote. They just didn't say that it is, right? Mm -hmm. I, I feel like the Venom, the Venom movies are going to eventually get to null. I feel like that's an inevitability because that is just too absurd to not do in Sony's Venom movies. And so if they, if like you said, they eventually strike a deal with Marvel and it all gets folded in, then the Necro Sword can technically work for both. So. And truly, this is all just because we want Morbius in the MCU, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we are moving. Uh all right, Eternity is the last thing I want to discuss real quick about the uh, characters and kind of the plot there. Jenna, I, I want to give you an opportunity to discuss Eternity because I like I can do my best, but you're very good at articulating comic stuff. Not Eternity in this movie. I'll just let yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I that this was one of the biggest surprises for me. I, I'm very like curious to see how long it's gonna take for that character design to show in like a TV spot because I feel like seeing that character in the movie is such a big oh crap kind of moment. I hope that they don't pull that at any point. But yeah, Eternity is very much what they explained to him to be in the movie. He is he is literally the manifestation of time and space and eternity itself, and then has a sister who is named Infinity and is kind of like the dyad of himself. And so yeah, he is just one of the biggest possible cosmic space beings that you could have at the center of the Marvel Universe. So now that he's here, that is interesting in and of itself. I am so happy they made him look like he looks in the comics. Like, mm -hmm. they pulled that off and it looks dope. But he's a wishing well. <laughs> he's just, uh, he's a full, full form Infinity Gauntlet without the consequences. And you only get to snap it once. Well, I guess you only get to snap the Infinity Gauntlet once and then you... <laughs> I have a funeral. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. All right. So uh, now we got to talk about the post credit scene. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about the second one first, which was Jane arriving in Valhalla. And okay. First of all, it was cool to see Heimdall. I think people who don't know the comics might be like, oh, they're just like giving her a happy ending. Right. But really that kind of signifies this is not necessarily an ending at all. Because in the comics, she gets to the gates of Valhalla. Thor says, yo, I don't want Jane to die. So he brings her back to life. Spoiler alert, that's what happens in the comics. I kind of want to see that happen, even as frustrated as I am about all the fake out death. I'm not going to lie. I'm just saying. Everybody? I, I, will, I will say I was really upset when Jane died because mm -hmm. uh, for a couple reasons. First of all, uh, kind of like my Spider-Man 2 problem where it's a whole movie where Peter Parker is struggling with money. I just don't want to watch my Marvel characters die of cancer. It's so too much. It's too real. It's I don't want that form of reality. It, it, it's, it hurts. It's hard to watch. Uh, but then so seeing her in Valhalla was like, oh, okay her and Thor will be together again one day. There's a, there's Valhalla's real. And that helped me. It, I, 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 and whether or not we ever see them again, it, it gives me some kind of hope. And I will take that because I was like, man, Thor has lost 
everyone this poor yeah. man i did not think jane was gonna die solely because how could they put this man through another loss oh my gosh but i did i i this is um both post-credit scenes i or I, this is one of my favorite post-credit scenes movie in a ever and maybe of all time because it feels very early phases where it's they're yeah. very much focused on this character and this Thor's Thor's future, the future of this world, and both were both were impactful. The uh, when we talk about the first one, I, I, you guys, I lost my friggin' mind uh, when I saw Brett Goldstein. But anyway, that's my feelings on the Valhalla, and, and it was nice to see Idris. Hey, buddy, what's up? I didn't know you had a son. Who knew? <laughs> I probably just can't stay away from these movies. <laughs> uh, I did. I, the only thing that could have even made that scene better is if like Loki was there. Yeah, I miss Loki. A Thor movie without Loki, you feel it. You do Mm -hmm. feel it. You do feel it. But yeah, I mean, it seems like that scene is kind of implying that they might do the comic book story of her being brought, her being revived. That said, it also might just it. It was vague enough where they might not. So Mm -hmm. they could do whatever. But uh, imagine being uh, Jane and settling into Valhalla and be like, "Oh my God, this is heaven. This is amazing. I just want to stay here forever, and I will." And then Thor's like, "Come back." Buffy season six stuff right there. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> Thor has lost too much. Thor has lost way too much. Uh, and oh, I'll yeah. sh- I agree with you. It's like, dude, he lost his mom, his dad, this guy, that guy. Whoever remembers <laughs> like everything on the planet. And uh, now he lost Jane. But that little girl better watch out because everybody in mm-hmm. Thor's life is, <laughs> is she? It, she's like a walking wishing well now too, right? <laughs> uh, she's kind of got like like home yeah. under eyes. Homelander eyes. <laughs> sure. I, keep that, but I just, you know, why the boys finale's out there now. It's on the brain. Yeah. It's just, is she, can she grant things? I, I it, it's so undefined that she's like, they said she had eternity's power. So I'm like, are they going to have to protect this girl now? Because mm-hmm. she's far mm-hmm. too important to have gold be lost in anything. I mean, it's worse than playing keep away with the gauntlet. Yeah, you know, like it's she like, did oh, no. give me. She did give me the vibes of Singularity, who is like a, a young girl who's introduced in the A Force comics. Which I'm like, I know we've talked about A Force since like Endgame when the whole A Force moment happened. If if that movie ends up being Thor gives the like the child over to all of her aunts, and it's like, oh, here's all the female superheroes, and you get to hang out for like two hours, I would be totally on board with that if that ended up happening. And by the way, that little girl is played by uh, Chris Hemsworth's daughter, Tristan yes. Hemsworth. So that's a fun oh. little fact. Yeah, they actually had a lot of their family members in the movie somewhere. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to pull that up in a second. His uh, son was the, young Thor when he was running yeah. across in the beginning. And I know Bill's kids were in there somewhere too. Yeah, I think sure. I wonder if that's like a COVID thing where it's like, you know yeah. what? We want to have as few people on set. We all want to spend time with our families. Like, this just makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pulling up. Uh, okay, so... Luke Hemsworth, Matt Damon, Sam Neill, Melissa McCarthy, Ben Falcone. So Melissa's uh, husband was standing mm-hmm. beside her. I think he was the director of the play. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll keep looking through this in a second. I don't want to waste too much time on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so can we talk about Hercules while you're That's scrolling? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who might be producer Brad Winderbaum's family. Ooh. Oh. Tourists. Um, but yeah, I think it's cool they did that. They all talked about how they did bring their families into the movie and that kind of stuff. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. 
Um, Hercules. I want to hear what Jamie's thoughts were on Hercules. Okay. I just want to shout out to Charlie, our coworker, uh, who, who a while back was like, Jamie, mute every single thing about Thor because there's a surprise that you're going to yeah. want to be surprised. And uh, Tony apparently also knew. So he was like, looking at me like this, like, <laughs> and because I love Brett Goldstein because like every other human being on this earth, I love Ted Lasso. And Roy I love Ted. Roy Ted. Roy He's here. Ted. He's there. He's there. Uh, He's there. He's in the <laughs> I mean, that man is just like, oh, and his, the casting him as Hercules. Holy moly. I never would have thought of it in a million years. And I, I, my, my friend Jake was here. I was here and we both went, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I just, I, I, it's the, it's the most excited I've ever been in a reveal. And just the fact that we're getting Hercules, but that was kind of like, we you know, we suspected. Uh, I just did not see that casting coming and it was beautiful and perfect. And I cannot wait to see more of that. Please, please, please. The costume was brilliant. The physique yes. was brilliant. The casting yes. was brilliant. Uh, I just can't wait to watch Hercules give us some good Roy Kent grunts like <clears throat> all the time. Yeah. But I feel like I it's going to start. Go ahead. <laughs> I am like one of the 10 people on earth who has not started Ted Lasso yet. Like that might change now after seeing oh. this, like after seeing this movie. But I, as, as a She-Hulk fan, she and Hercules are very much tied together. They have hooked up many times over the years. She has represented oh. him in court many times over the years. So I'm like, if we get any inkling of that, I need to see the two of them in the same room because I feel like it will just, the internet will explain in the best possible way. I just uh -oh. broke Jamie and I'm so oh excited. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Just to talk about the future because I love having conversations and speculating. Like, I don't think Thor and Hercules are actually going to be enemies. I yeah. Like, they have teamed up in the comics. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's coming. I think Hercules has been abandoned by his parents and, like, he's going to be like the like an illegitimate son or something like that and end up kind of rebelling against Zeus because Zeus is just not a good guy as we saw in this movie uh another one of the fake deaths and I think they're gonna end up teaming up and maybe they'll end up taking down Zeus and whatever Zeus can throw at them so that that to me is my Thor 5 prediction and I think Thor 5 is inevitable because it said Thor will return at the end yeah I mean I I, I sat there and I was like how how does Thor 5 end with Ares ending up being the bad guy and then being in Thunderbolts was immediately where my brain went. Oh. I was like, there's a lot of secret invasion and Thunderbolt stuff just being just seeded into the background under the guise of, oh yes, here's your Thor, but also here's this other management we need to do. We need to get that in order for this other stuff. Also, so many children that yeah. even more children added to the fray where I'm like, how many people are going to be in this Young Avengers thing? Like, is Axel going to be in there? Like, I'm so confused. Or is Love going to be in there? Because she'd be like a heavy for them. It's like, oh, the rest of you have very, like, normal power sets. Oh, that's a suit of armor. That's cool. Stormbreaker. <laughs> I really love that kid army. It was really cute. It was, it was really cute. Funny. Yeah. Team the Kids in the Cage. <laughs> oh, my God. The kid army fight, to me, was so much better than the music fight in Doctor Strange. Wow. Um, oh, interesting. I, huh. I liked it more. Okay. I wouldn't even thought to compare them, uh, but Same that's it. Yeah. yeah. I would say this is probably my second favorite third act of phase four. The only other one being better was Spider-Man. Hmm. I have expected you to say Shang-Chi. Uh, uh, I love Shang-Chi. The third act is my least favorite part. I like, thought I, like, yeah. once Wen Wu died and it became like a big crazy dragon fight where, dra yeah. where Katie could suddenly shoot a bow and arrow hundreds of yards through, through a perfect mark. I was like, okay, well, this movie's not perfect, but I still love Shang-Chi's still my favorite of phase four overall. We got one without a cone of light. 
We got one without a cold of light. Hooray. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. A couple of Easter eggs I want to throw out here before we wrap up. Uh, the Infinity Cones, obviously, Infinity Gauntlet reference. Uh, in, in the we, we, we saw a lot of gods in Omnipotent City, including dragon gods like the dragon from Shang-Chi in golden form. Um, and we also saw possible McLuhan in the back wearing possible rings on its finger. Like that might actually be a major tie to Shang-Chi, which also just tied itself to Miss Marvel. So I think they're really seeding that part of the MCU into the future of the MCU. Uh, we saw in the statues at the center of the universe, we had, I'm pretty sure we had a Red Skull statue in oh. there. Uh, like if you were looking towards eternity, it was the last one on the right. Uh, and, uh, and then we had also the Watcher had a statue in there. Uh, a Celestial and the Living Tribunal, there were two more. One looked like possibly like a Thor helmet on somebody, and another one looked like a big Viking. I, if those are obvious and I'm just missing who they were, I'm sorry. Do you got any idea who those two were? No. Because I identify six, two, four out of the six. The Celestial is Arisham. Is that oh, Arisham? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah okay. Um, I have the Kraglin uh, possibly being a Yandu reference in here. And other gods that we heard referenced were Tuma Tuanga, who's a Poly uh, Polynesian god of war uh, in Akua. They, Tuma Tuanga has been, all these gods that I'm about to name have been in Marvel Comics. Um, Quetzalcoatl, uh, Super Strong, Aztec God, Ra, the god of the sun. Well, Ra actually we thought like was going to be tied to Sun King. And Sun King we thought we just saw in Moon Knight with Arthur Harrow, but maybe not. Or maybe, yes, I don't know. Ethan Hawke says that Arthur Harrow is not dead, but then Jeremy Slater says, I wrote Ethan Hawke as dead, dead. So who knows? You don't see a body. They're not dead. Even when you do see a body, sometimes they're still not dead. Uh, and Hercules, the son of Zeus, uh, was obviously mentioned. And I think Korg mentioned somebody when they talked about going to Omnipotent City and uh, Thor was like, maybe we'll see them. But I didn't know. I didn't catch who it was. But it those was are the all throne in God because we did see him because he was on like a throne of scissors because it was like a rock, paper, scissors joke. <laughs> okay. Wait. All right. Oh, I was like, what are you? <laughs> Thank you. Because I'm like, what's with those scissors? I, 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 I didn't get it at first. And someone in my showing last night was literally like, ha ha, rock, paper, scissors. And I was like, oh my God. Thank you. I do have to say, I want to bring up the infinity thing. I feels very weird to have the people of New Asgard be making franchise merchandise sort of stuff. Because even like, Axel has a poster in his room that's for like Mad Titan and it's like a skull with like purple Thanos stuff and like a big chin. feels weird to me that the Asgardians would have merch and stores and stuff based on the person who like blew up their planet and slaughtered half their people. And like he literally killed Heimdall and then his kid has a poster for him in his room. I'm like, that just feels kind of weird to me. <laughs> Yeah, teenagers are weird. Cones yeah, like like I don't know. I agree. I, I do love the idea that it's a tourist town. Yeah. Uh, that's very funny to me. But I agree that like like why are we in the infinity cones and stuff? It's like all that was really bad for Earth. Yeah. Yeah. We we have a we have a lot of resilience to just look past bad stuff, and then everybody came back too, which made everybody be like, "Oh well, if anything bad happens, giant celestial in the sky, who cares? Like, where is my pizza? Like, no one gives a crap. These people must be so well adjusted beyond reason. So many bad things have happened in the last. Like, there is an entire earthquake off the coast of wherever that they just ignored. Like, that must have caused tsunamis. Like, oh, who cares? I don't know. Ignored for now for another four yeah. months, hopefully. Yeah. Also, yeah. it looks like the box office previews just came in for Thor too, and it's uh, it people the people like the Thor. How much? Right. Twenty nine million Ooh, here okay. in America to add to like seventeen overseas yesterday. So it's the second best opening since the pandemic started. So I'm wow. like, oh wow, the reviews, Rotten Tomatoes, not real life, everybody. 
Apparently. There's no way this movie's opening in some of the markets that ban LGBTQ stuff, right? Like there's, See, there's. I was thinking about that though, because I feel like the Korg and Valkyrie stuff can easily be interpreted as just like friends. Like every time they say girlfriend, you could probably like put that through a translator and have it say like friend or sister or something like that. So I feel like they kind of skirted past it. I don't know. What I have like. a question about Korg. Do you think that Korg species is just men? Yes, uh, because he was talking about his. Is that it? Because he's talking about his dads, and then he met a man, and like you know, it yeah. could be lady corgs. But I go into the impression, and I I, I enjoy that that it's uh, yeah. uh uh. But so yeah, they're all dudes. That was my read of it. Dudes yeah. rock. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like movies like what, like Doctor Strange didn't get released in some markets. Yeah. Lightyear didn't get released in some markets, and this movie had more than than those did. But I mean. I, the fact that that i don't know that's a whole different conversation release this movie everywhere suck it up it's 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 good stuff like anyway uh okay so anything else we want to talk about thor love and thunder before we wrap up i'd like to say one thing um and it's a shout out to taika for setting uh the the history romance uh thor and jane montage uh to abba that really uh made me happy because i deeply deeply love abba and i really enjoyed watching their little just them being a couple because you really have never seen that uh, and I liked that montage a lot but most importantly I liked it because it was set to ABBA alright Aaron any parting words for today's Thor Love and Thunder bonus episode number 11 uh, I enjoyed it a lot but I will be thinking about why exactly Fury's name is spelled wrong and Thor is phone <laughs> forever and also how long has Thor had a phone I have a lot of questions do you get reception in space all sorts of things <laughs> Nick Furry Jenna I I'm just I'm happy that people are enjoying this movie after on Wednesday it made it seem like I hated this movie and didn't want anyone to have any fun. I'm glad that people are thoroughly enjoying it. I'm thoroughly enjoying it too. And I loved having our discussion because this was just so much fun. I love it, guys. Well, our next movie discussion is going to be Black Panther Wakanda Forever in just about four months from now. And we will have a Miss Marvel full season episode available this Wednesday. We might just have a special guest, so you're not gonna want to miss that one. Uh that's this Wednesday. Uh, thank you so much for everybody for joining our Thor Love and Thunder spoiler cast. If you want to talk more, join the Phaser community on Twitter or just hit us up at Jamie Cinematics, at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn, at Summit Lake Hornet, at Brandon Davis BD. We would love to talk to you anytime. We are basically just Marvel customer service and somehow we get paid to do that uh, by comicbook.com, the wonderful website, which is a Paramount subsidiary. Uh, I don't know. I felt like I had to say that for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, let us know. I really look forward to hearing what everybody else thought of Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, and uh, just be nice to each other. If you like the movie, if you didn't like the movie, just let people have opinions and uh, they're all valid. They're all fair. All right. We'll see you on Wednesday for Miss Marvel season finale. Later. Ah!